This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. Live from the underground lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, the underground lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino on this Monday, January 10th, 2022. Coming off the heels of another Raiders victory. Four in a row, count them up, wrapped up the regular season with 10 total wins and a trip to the playoffs. I'm not going to lie. I know it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I know the game wrapped up late last night, and I probably, I don't know, got to bed about 12 hours ago, maybe, at the, at the, at the best, maybe 12 hours ago. But it still kind of seems, like, surreal. It still kind of seems like, did that really happen? Did I really witness what I think I just witnessed at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday night? And it's just... It's kind of crazy, man, driving around the city, seeing everyone with their Raider flags flying, seeing a lot of folks with their Raider gear on still. As I walked into the Oyo Hotel and Casino, saw some folks with their shields on their shirts, saw some flags outside as I was pulling in. It's crazy, crazy to think that the last time the Silver and Black were in the playoffs was 2016, and boom, they done punched their ticket to the wild card round against the Cincinnati Bengals on Saturday at 1.30. A game that I'll tell you right now, as I bought my plane ticket in my hotel room and my rental car for the day, the weather's not going to look too good on Saturday. Don't let that be an excuse, but I was looking at the weather after I made all those arrangements. It was like 28, thinking, damn, <laughs> I probably could have stayed at the house and watched this one. No, just kidding. Got to make sure that Raider Nation Radio 920 is there in the building. But, man, it's going to be cold. It's going to be some snow. But it's going to be a playoff game, and that's really all that matters. So here to talk to you about that today, here we're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino because there's another big game going on tonight. It's only this little thing called the National Championship game, Alabama and Georgia Part 2. They had the SEC Championship game where I was completely wrong in when I thought Georgia was going to run Alabama out the gym, and I don't know what I was thinking when I said that except for Georgia's defense is looking outstanding. And I thought Alabama just didn't have the goods to get it done. And they made Georgia look silly. So was I right about that Georgia team and that was just a really bad game? Or is Nick Saban really the dude that you just don't bet against? I'll tell you right now, I didn't bet against him today. <laughs> I'm not going against him. I'm picking Alabama to win this game, and I have no problem being wrong. If Georgia goes in there and says, hey, we're the better team, no problem. Go get that, that victory. But I'm not going to come on this radio station like I did last time and said that Georgia was going to win the game because Alabama said, and that's what Alabama wants. They want to play that, that underdog role, and it's very hard to be an underdog when you're Alabama, but they're actually a two-and-a-half two, two points, as a matter of fact, underdog going into tonight's game. So we're here for the game. And uh, if you're around the area like these two fine gentlemen just walked in with their Raider gear on, if you're uh, planning on making a trip to the airport pretty soon or whatever, come on by here, stop by, say what's up. And, uh, you know, pick up some of these prizes that we have and have a couple drinks and some food if you have some time. Or just come by and say hello. And if you are here for a while or live locally, come on by and watch the game. We're going to be hanging out. I'm very excited about the national championship game.
going on tonight. Coming up on the show today, 2.30, we'll have Jim Plunkett, two-time Super Bowl champ. He joins us each and every uh, game day following the game. And I saw him at the Coors Light Landing at Allegiant Stadium yesterday. He's talking to JT the Brick and Eric Allen, kind of giving the rundown and the game plan, what he thought the Raiders should do to go and get a victory. Can't wait to talk to Jim to see what he thinks about the Raiders on their current four-game winning streak, punch their ticket to the playoffs, and what it's like to be in the postseason. So we'll talk to Jim coming up at 2.30. Then 3 o'clock, Ed Graney from the Review Journal. Uh, he'll join us to talk about the game. He'll talk to us about the national championship game tonight, what he's expecting to see from Georgia and Alabama. And uh, maybe we'll even dip into some UNLV with Ed Graney. But uh, he does a fantastic job on ESPN Las Vegas and also the Las Vegas Review Journal. So he'll join us at 3 o'clock. And we were supposed to have Adam Rittenberg from ESPN to join us at 3.30 to talk the national championship game, but he got his time zones incorrect. And that's what happens. I came from Texas, so I was in the central time zone. So a lot of the relationships I built, including with Adam, every time I text him and ask him to come on the show, it was always from the central time zone. So even though I put Pacific, uh, Pacific time on the text, it's just one of those things that's kind of implied that, oh, yeah, it's always central time zone because that's where Q's at in Texas. He forgot I was on the West Coast. So he hit me back and said that he, uh, he couldn't make it. So that's okay. Uh, we could talk some national championship. We don't uh, need Adam. We'll get him on the show at some time to talk uh, college football in general. But uh, So the two guests we have coming up on the show today, Jim Plunkett and Ed Graney, they're going to uh, be our guests. And, of course, Rare Nation, we're going to want to hear from you throughout the course of the show, 702-365-9200. And, of course, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Now, without further ado, it is time for the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. And off top, before we even get into the opening drive, I want to give a big super shout-out. Cassie Soto, she always joins the show each and every week, does a fantastic job for the Review Journal, and uh, her family, big-time Raider fans, listen to the show and listen to the station uh, quite a bit. And she said that she's driving to Cali right now with her uncle. And uh, it's her uncle and cousin that actually came here to the Oyo and hung out, Carlos, Fernando, and uh, Alexis. So a uh, shout-out to uh, all of you, Carlos, Fernando, and Alexis. Uh, definitely appreciate you tuning in. Uh, thanks for coming to the game at Legion Stadium. I know their fam uh, the family's happy, uh, you know, hanging out and, and being able to see the Raiders get a victory and punch their ticket to the playoffs. So uh, be safe out there on that road. But th definitely thank you for uh, hitting me up and letting me know that you were tuned in to Raider Nation Radio 920. And, uh, Cassie, make sure you uh, come on back because uh, we're going to need you at the end of the week. Just saying. <laughs> you, got, you got work to do. I mean, you can have today off. All right, you can have today off. You can enjoy your time with the family today, but you got to get back to it at some point. So, but Cassie does a great job, so we definitely appreciate her. Now, I did have a question that I wanted to throw out there to you, Raider Nation, because I always like to get your feedback. 702-365-9200, that's the Raider Nation listener line. Of course, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. &R. With the Raiders punching their ticket to the playoffs on Sunday night, what did that mean to you? It's the first time that the Raiders are in the postseason since 2016. And as it's been very well documented, in 2016, Derek Carr didn't get to play in the postseason because of injury. So they really, it, was, it felt like such a fake, not fake, that's the wrong word, but it just didn't feel like there was a real chance that the Raiders had to advance in the playoffs with Connor Cook behind center. It wasn't even their backup quarterback. It was their third-string rookie quarterback that had never had a start in the NFL. Oh, here, by the way, your first start's going to be in the playoffs. Good luck, Rook. Didn't work out too well. Matter of fact, I knew that that game was over basically by the first play. So this is the real first opportunity 
in a very long time for the Raiders to go into the playoffs. And I'll tell you, through all the conversations and the back and forth on tie the game, uh, just don't take a chance, and you, you and the Chargers get into the playoffs, I was sitting in the press box, and I was sitting there with uh, Clay Baker from the morning tailgate, sitting there with uh, Chris Chapman, who also works in our building and uh, is working with uh, Raider Nation Radio 920 every once in a while. And I kept saying, if you tie, you go to Kansas City. Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to do that? Didn't you already see what the Raiders in Kansas City looks like twice this year? I'll take a chance going to Cincinnati. So very glad that the Raiders were able to get that field goal at the end, win the game. Daniel Carlson, money, the Iceman, as they called him in the postgame media session, five for five on the day, big-time kick to punch the, the ticket to the postseason. So I want to hear from you, Raider Nation. With the Raiders getting into the postseason, what does that mean to you? What did that mean for you? Are you still riding that high? Did you even go to sleep at night? <laughs> you know, because I'll tell you, man, I, I got to the house. I started working, had a little bit of dinner real quick, started working as soon as the, the, the game was over and I got home. And I'll tell you, I probably went to bed around 2, and I think I woke up around 5.30, and I didn't miss a beat. I wasn't worried about anything. I wasn't tired, anything. I, still, I think I was still riding that uh, adrenaline rush. And I'll tell you, there was an adrenaline rush. Even though I'm, you know, part of the media and I'm doing a job when I'm at Allegiant Stadium, I'm still, I'm still a fan. I'm still rooting for the team, you know, in my heart. I can't sit there and cheer in the, in the press box, even though there was some of that yesterday. Not for me, but there was some of that yesterday from some people. It was actually kind of funny. There was multiple times in the press box where people were standing up, had their cameras out and everything. They were rolling because they just knew the Raiders were about to win the game. And then all of a sudden, first down. Touchdown, first down, touchdown, whatever the case may be. And then you could just hear the air come out of everyone's wins. But my heart was pounding, I ain't going to lie, because, one, it was just such a roller coaster and emotional affair that how could you not be on the edge of your seat? I had people in Texas that were my buddies in Texas were texting me like, man, this game is incredible. And remember, they're two hours behind us. I know what time that game ended here. It was late in Texas. It was late. You know, we have, I had people tweeting me from overseas. Still up, Q, watching this game. It's incredible. You know, just it was one of those where you just could not walk away from that, regardless who you're a fan of. It was incredible. So I was, I, I've been riding adrenaline really all day long, uh, as probably riding about three hours of sleep, but that's okay. I wouldn't have it any other way as the Raiders punch their ticket to the postseason. If that's what it takes, that's fine. <laughs> I'll ride that out with them. And then I always like to ask who you want to give a game ball to. On my podcast today, the Locked On Raiders podcast, I gave out a game ball to Josh Jacobs for the job he did. Hell of a job, especially the second half. Like, he called himself the closer. So he was one of the guys. Max Crosby, who uh, picked up another award, matter of fact, today from the Raiders. Gave one out to Max Crosby, no doubt about it. He had a monster game. And then I also gave one out to Darius Phylon, who, according to Rich Basaccia, suffered a significant knee injury as he was carted off last night in the game and he's not going to play on Saturday against Cincinnati, and most likely, and they'll probably find out something a little bit later, we might hear something before the show's over, or if not, it'll be by, you know, by tomorrow. We'll hear some kind of injury that probably ends his season. But uh, unfortunate, because Darius Phylon was, was playing his tail off. So I gave a game ball to him. Of course, gave a game ball to, to Carlson, Daniel Carlson, 5-for-5 five five kicking and 2-for-2 two two on the extra points. Can't help but to, to give him a game ball. And then my last game ball was the Raider Nation. My last game ball went to all the members of the Raider Nation that were in Allegiant Stadium last night and that were loud and proud from the opening kickoff till when the 
big old whatever went off, and confetti started dropping everywhere. And I ain't never heard that before. And the wife was at the game, and she had never heard that before, obviously. Matter of fact, that was the first Raider victory she's seen in person. And she's only been to three games. But still, that was the first one she saw in person. But I've never seen, and I'm assuming that that was just because of the, you know, getting into the playoffs. But we're packing up our stuff in the press box. All of a sudden you hear, boom! It's like, what the? And look, and I see all this confetti dropping. I was like, oh, that was cute. Okay. Okay, I got you. But I, I, I wasn't expecting it, so everyone in the press box kind of jumped. Because nobody really knew that was coming. I mean, that's new. That's the first time in the Legion Stadium that that confetti's dropped, for all I know. From my experiences, it's the first time it's dropped this year. So that was pretty cool. And, again, first time they made the playoffs at Allegiant Stadium. So it's very fitting that the confetti came down. But it's not something that I was expecting. But Raider Nation was so loud and really helped affect the game as much as possible. I always say go to the game, enjoy the game, but also affect the game. Be a part of it. Make it tough on the opposition. And they did. So salute to you, Raider Nation. You did one hell of a job. Don't ever get that twisted. You did a hell of a job at Allegiant Stadium. That place was loud and rocking all night. So those are the game balls I handed out. So I want to hear from you. What did the Raiders punching their, their, their ticket to the postseason mean to you? And also, what are the game balls that you are handing out? Sam and Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Got a text, 505. Your opinion on the Chargers challenge on first down without a remeasurement. I don't see how the chains can be that far off from the opposite side of the field. That was really weird. That was really weird, but it looked like a bad spot from the gate. I mean, I remember when I was sitting in the press box, I was like, that just didn't look like a good spot. And it wasn't. It ultimately wasn't a good spot. So they got it right, but they, I mean, that, that, was, a, that was a really bad, that was a really bad spot. Got a text from the 806. Q, been waiting five weeks for this text. Before the Kansas City game, I told you that we have nothing to lose by having optimism. I predicted we would lose by first Kansas City and win out. I'm very proud of that. But now I'm telling you, we will beat Cincinnati, then Tennessee, and we'll be in the AFC Championship. That's my two cents. And he still didn't sign his name. <laughs> still didn't leave his name. And you're right. And I've referenced this text message multiple times. And I have no problem saying I did not believe they were going to win four in a row. I did not believe it. I have no problem saying that. I don't think anyone. I think that you might not even have really believed it 100%. I'm not trying to take anything from you, but it's easy to say, not, not you, but for other people to be like, oh, yeah, I knew that they were going to do that. How they were playing was tough. It was tough to swallow that pill of, yeah, they're going to go on a run. But to your credit, you did say that. So I, I would give you that all day of the week and twice on Sunday. I didn't see it, and I have no problem admitting it. And what I really appreciated from the Raiders, and I asked multiple guys, including Max Crosby and Josh Jacobs uh, last night in the postgame presser, is they didn't listen to me. They didn't listen to Vinny. They didn't listen to Vic. They didn't listen to Colin Cowherd. They didn't listen to Dan Patrick. They didn't listen to any of those guys that are out there. And I'm not putting myself in those, that category with those guys. I'm just saying people that didn't believe that they can go on that kind of run. They didn't listen to the fans. They didn't worry about the guy standing outside of the facility saying the fans deserve better. By the way, they haven't lost the game since that guy was out there. So maybe he was on to something. <laughs> maybe he was on to something. People said he's not a real fan. Well, maybe he was on to something. Maybe he got a little bit of fire going under them. Who knows? But Alec Ingold put out a really good piece, and Vinny Bonsignor kind of tag-teamed it with him where he, he put it out on the Review Journal. And I read it Sunday morning. And it was fantastic. And Alec Ingold is out with the torn ACL. He's been out. He's a captain of the team. But he put a heartfelt letter out to Raider Nation. And if you have not read it yet, do yourself a favor and go check it out. 
it documents everything that happened this season. It documents how tough it is for him being a captain to not be able to be out there and help out his team. It documents everything. And also it documents the fact that once they got to that facility, and it's so funny because throughout the, the letter he used the actual address multiple times, but once they got to the facility and they parked their cars and walked through the door, they left everything that they were hearing outside, they left it outside. That's not easy to do. It really isn't. That's not easy to do, especially for a young team. But they do have some good veterans on the squad as well that probably helped, including Derek Carr. I don't want to take anything away from him. Eight-year veteran. They were able to just shut all that out and still believe in themselves when others, including myself, did not. And, again, they don't care what I say regardless if I'm praising them or if I'm saying that they're going to lose four in a row. They don't give a rip what I'm talking about. I am a very small little fly on the wall. I'm nobody. You know, they're not worried about that. But the general consensus were that the team was just going to pack it in, wrap it up, and go into the offseason. And they didn't allow that noise to seep into the building. And that's what I really respect. And the way that Alec Ingold put it out there was fantastic. It really was. I mean, he worded it perfectly. And Vinny even said he worded all that himself. I might have put a comma here or a comma there, and that was it. That was all Alec Ingold. And, again, if you have not checked it out, I encourage you to check it out. So shout-out to you, though. Shout-out to uh, – oh, Q is Dustin from Texas. I go way back with you to Lockdown Pod. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. Shout-out to Dustin from Texas. That's what I'm talking about. Bet you you had a long night last night. <laughs> uh, this text says, Clay, if Rich, Rich takes us deep <laughs> – into the playoffs is Raider out from Georgia. <laughs> he, he met Q, but it's all good. If Rich takes us deep into the playoffs, you have to consider him for a head coach job. This is one hell of a job. My 47 years as a fan, that was the best Raider game I've ever seen. And also, we bring in a new head coach. What happens to Gus Bradley? He has done a hell of a job. And uh, thank you, Raider out. I appreciate the text. And, and I'll say this. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what the offseason is going to look like. I also am not worried about what the offseason is going to look like because right now they've got a game on Saturday against Cincinnati Bengals, and that is all that mattered. And that team and that coaching staff from Basaccia to Bradley to Olsen to uh, everyone on that squad has earned the right to not worry about the offseason right now. You can worry about that when it's game, set, match, whenever that is, if it's this week or if it's four weeks from now. If we're talking about the Raiders season on February 14th, Valentine's Day, then everything went really well. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's all you have to look at. Think about that. They play their next game on January 15th. What if they're still playing in a month after that? Just saying. Just throwing it out there. So, yeah, I'm not going to worry about that just right now. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. My man, Demond, let me know that we got a bunch of callers waiting on. How about uh, Fargo Raider? You're up first. What's up, my man? Hey, what's up, my Cuddy? Chilling. Demond. Man, Victory Monday never felt so good. <laughs> I'm still drunk, man. <laughs> well, I don't careful. know if I went to sleep. I know I passed out, but I woke up with a bottle in my hand, and I know damn sure I'm going to keep celebrating because, <laughs> to me, this means the world, man. To me and to every fan who's been here suffering for 20 years with this team and supporting no matter what, we're diehards, man. I've already dropped five grand on my team this year to get to the game, and I don't regret it a bit now. 
Nice. I love it, man. I love being a Raider fan, and I love the dedication that we all have. My game ball is going to go to one, number 45, not Marcel Reese, who was a great, but Alec Ingold. Man, that letter that he wrote, if that ain't the heart of a Raider, I ain't never seen one. That's what, if you haven't read it, you better read it. If you're a Raider fan, you need to read that, man. Yeah, the outside noise stops at the door. But for damn sure, they had the heart that we do. And and I questioned it at times, and I'll take it back now. They had the heart to get it done. They knew what time it was. And it was time to nut up or shut up, and they nutted up. We got the dub. I don't care how it goes. I know everybody's seen that little smile car gave when he tapped the timeout to get that game feeling win. Sniff on that, Bosa. I know what you smell with the cooking <laughs> across the seas with that big old nose of yours. Who folds now, buddy? <laughs> what did you get where you're stuck? I ain't hear nothing from you. All right. There you go, Fargo Raider. Thank you so much for that passionate call, my man. I do appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, uh, I think Alec Engel, that piece, that's what I was talking about earlier, I think that piece meant a lot, man. I thought that that was something good for uh, Raider Nation to all read. So thank you so much for that. Let's go out to Berkeley. Let's go out to Raider Fish. What's on your mind, my man? Let me tell you something. Out here in Berkeley, first of all, I'm on the freeway driving home to Berkeley from the Death Star. Hey, I just got to say something. Y'all got me and life effed up. If you thought we didn't predict this, I called JT and them four weeks ago. Instead, listen, we had a four-game season, and we thought to peel off four in a row, and that's what we did. I had to peak game and check place. I got game balls to give out to the tailbacks. Restart, 30-23, deal with it. Josh Jacobs, let's go get all the money. Josh Jacobs, way to show up. And show out, and I got a last special game ball to give out to Coach Brandon Faley. Not Staley, Brandon <laughs> Faley. You didn't call a 30-second timeout. You called an eight-month. See you in September. Timeout. And a season game ball goes to Rich Basaccia. Hey, let's go, Raiders. Raiders. There he goes, Raider Fish in Berkeley, fired up right there. It's two fired up calls back to back, riding on the freeway. Be careful, my man. Don't get yourself in no trouble out there. And uh, hey, like I said, man, I don't think there was a lot of folks out there saying the Raiders were going to go win four in a row. I had no problem saying I didn't think they were going to do it, but they did it. I have no problem going out and saying that they that that uh, I was wrong about that. Uh, I'm noticing a lot of people claiming it now, and I'm not saying you didn't. I, I'm I'm noticing a lot of people claiming it now, and it's easy to do now. But I, don't, I didn't see everyone pounding the table for it then. But uh, I, I do appreciate the call. I appreciate the passion being fired up. Let's, uh, let's keep it in the Bay Area one time. Let's talk to our guy, Rich in Oakland. What's on your mind, my man? What's up, man? Chilling. Hey, I ain't going to lie. When we were 6-7 and seven playing the Browns, I was down there thinking about mock drafts already. So I ain't <laughs> going to be one of them thinking that we was going to bust open four in a row. I never was expecting that. Right. But here we are. Here we are, you know, and it's nothing but happiness for me, from Real Raider Nation, 
all the way to you. I know that you're happy because you're a diehard fan like the rest of us, Cube. Yes, sir. This is this is just happiness. We just got to soak in the moment. Let's not think about who we're going to hire later on. Right. The offseason, let's be in the moment right now. Getting in the playoffs is so hard, and getting in the playoffs after what we've been through this year, it's just so crazy. It feels like we're in a simulation or something right now. Like, if I'm dreaming, you know, like, I was literally looking for tickets to go to Cincinnati. I can't find no one-way flight, though, no direct flight. I can't, so I don't, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. Plus, it's going to be snowing out there. So hopefully we get towards Tennessee. But uh, let's take it one game at a time. Yeah. My game balls, my game balls, Jalen Richard, Max Crosby, Daniel Iceman, Carlson. Um, who else? It's just uh, Perryman coming back on the field after he got hurt, you know. Bylon, man, he was wreaking havoc. He's probably done for the year. Hopefully we keep up the same energy without him. Um, it's just we're in the playoffs, all right? We're in the playoffs now. Take it one game at a time, brand-new season, and nobody knows what could happen. We can beat any of those teams. We really yep. can, but we also can lose to any of those teams. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, if we want to succeed in Cincinnati this weekend, you know, we're going to have to have a better Derek Carr this weekend. You know, he, he barely, he's like he's barely getting by, but the good thing about it is I feel like he's saving his greatness for the postseason. And let's, yeah. let's hope that's the case because the defense has been doing a good job. We got, it's inexcusable to give up six fourth downs, though. That has to get fixed. Right, Gus that Bradley, does. I, you know, that's, that's unacceptable. Gus Bradley, he's a decent defensive coordinator. But the thing is, when the, when the D-line doesn't get home, uh, the secondary falls apart. So we need to fix that ASAP. That's unacceptable, and that can't keep happening. Derek Carr has to play better, which I think that he will. You know, we're in the postseason. It's time. Let's get it done. We got nothing to lose. We're playing with house money. Let's go get a dub and 50. Y'all have a great day. All right, brother. You too. Appreciate you. Uh, good call right there. And I'll – I'll say this, man, uh, fourth and 21 can't happen. You know, I, I don't like – I'm not a big fan of the defense when you put your heels on the on the goal line and just stay there and say, hey, I'm going to come up and make the tackle. Just so many things bad could happen in between uh, the line of scrimmage and that. And you saw what happened. And so I, I'm not a big fan of that. But, hey, these guys are professionals. They get paid. They do what they do. Thank you so much for those calls. Uh, appreciate you. I can see Raider Nation is very fired up and lathered up today. 2.26 is the time. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Coming up next, we'll talk to the two-time Super Bowl champ, Jim Plunkett. He'll join us here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. And we are back here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. It's our normal Monday spot, Monday Night Football. Tonight's Monday Night Football is a little different than it is each and every week as we have the National Championship game, Alabama and Georgia on deck a little bit later on this evening. But right now, as we do after each and every Raider game, we have the two-time Super Bowl champ quarterback Jim Plunkett on the line. And, Jim, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And they did it. Four games in a row. They needed four wins. They got four wins. They're in the playoffs. What were your thoughts about the way that roller coaster affair shook out last night at Allegiant Stadium? You know, it was one of the old typical uh, uh, Charger Raider games, high scoring, and it can happen till the very end, and that's exactly what happened yeah, yesterday. Uh, it was a you know a great fun uh, game to watch. It was a lot of fun, a lot of big plays. Uh, both quarterbacks uh, sharp as tacks, uh, big, 
big plays coming everywhere, up and down the field. The running game was really solid for the for the Raiders, and I think that helped them quite a bit in this game. A little ball control uh, and coming up with big plays in the, in, in the play action passing game. It was it was a, a, a game that was really fun to watch. It was fun to watch. It was fun to be at. It was. Uh, I mean, my heart was pounding a little bit. Not gonna lie to you, but it was. Uh, it was fun. It was a fun uh, heart beating. You know, just to, just to be there and be a, a witness to that. And there's something to be said about getting hot at the right time. The Raiders were backed against the wall. They had to win, and that's exactly what they did. How much do you think they could use that momentum and, and, and push forward as they have their next challenge coming up on Saturday? Well, you know, it's you know, you don't know how much that that momentum is going to carry him until you get there. Uh, but it's it's great to finish strong. Those four game wins, uh, all of them tough games, uh, nothing to take uh, uh, granted for. Uh, and they played their hearts out both offensively and defensively, and came up with big stops on defense when they needed it. And offensively, uh, you know, I think uh, hopefully if they can continue this kind of offensive display uh, with Carr throwing the ball down the field and coming up with the big plays and the running game with Josh Jacobs as strong as it's been. Uh, you know, they've got a real chance. It, it feels like it, you know, and then they got Darren Waller back, and I know that the connection between Carr and Waller wasn't that hot last night. He only had a couple catches on, I think, nine targets. How much of it, that has to do with the fact that he had been out since Thanksgiving? Well, you know, I, you know, to you know, win the way they did towards the end of the uh, season without Waller, Right. The last few games, uh, you know, I think it showed that what they can do without, you know, their star uh, tight end out there, uh, who's more of a almost a wide receiver than tight end. And uh, you know, they buckled up, they got the job done, and uh, you know, with Waller back, they're that much better. Right, exactly. And do you think that it, on a short week, that's something that they can maybe even work on a little bit, just that connection and that chemistry to get rekindled, kind of uh, on a short week headed to Cincinnati. Well, you know, I don't think that should be a problem. You know, they play together all year long. Uh, uh, there's quite a, a connection going between the two of them already. And, you know, I think that's only going to continue. Talk right now with Jim Plunkett here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. What did you think of uh, all the dedications and all the ways that the Raiders made sure that they honored the late, great John Madden? Oh, that was always great. Uh, you know, John was uh, uh, an iconic figure, the, you know, the things that he stood for, uh, his on-field uh, appearance and approach was, you know, everybody remembers him out there yelling at the referees, taking, getting halfway on the on the field, uh, screening them, screening down, screaming them down, and um, you know, John was you know, put all the places together, all the uh, the pieces together uh, very well. Like, uh, yeah, shoot, I'm trying to think now. Kenny Stabler, you know, great right. at quarterback. Uh, there's so many play, great players to talk about. Uh, Dave Casper, you know, the list goes on and on. And he molded that team. He had a great winning percentage. Uh, and, um, you know, as I said, iconic figure, everybody. And a beloved uh, head coach, unlike a lot of coaches around the league over the years. Uh, but, uh, you know, he knew what he was doing. And, and one thing I, I noticed about John when I was there, with that one year when he was there, you know, he let his coaches handle the different positions, the quarterback coaching, the defensive line. Uh, you know, he put it in their hands. Uh, he guided them from the top, but uh, he was the man, I think, that uh, let them do what they do best and that's, that's coach those players. What do you think Coach Madden would have said following that kind of uh, game last night, the way all the ups and downs and, like I said, the emotional coaster? Oh, I'm, you know, I'm just picturing him on a chalkboard. If we do this, we do that. We, we, you know, we can, handle, we can win this game. If you 
You do your job. I mean, uh, he would just be ranting and raving and, and explaining the game to uh, everybody out there who's not really familiar with the game as well as uh, somebody who's followed it all those years uh, and just screaming away and, and telling uh, folks around the country, you know, how he got the job done. Right. I can imagine it. It would be so exciting. You hear a lot of booms. You'd hear a lot of this and that. You see a lot of X's and O's on the on the chalkboard. That would be fantastic. Again, we're exactly. talking with Jim Plunkett here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. And there was a piece that came out. Alec Ingold wrote the piece, and it was out on Sunday morning about them blocking all the outside noise in or out. And so when they were in the facility, it was just the task at hand. They were focused on that. Where does that leadership come from? Who do you think is able to put that together and really block out that outside noise so they can stay focused on what they need to do? Well, you know, obviously the coaches have a lot to do with it. Uh, you know, they make everybody concentrate on their job, what they have to do uh, on any given day. And, uh, you know, these last few weeks they, they've got their minds straight uh, uh, and a lot of the credit goes to the coaches. But it's the players that, you know, have to do it they're out, out there on the field. You know, and I felt, that, you know, they, they were greatly focused on, on what they had to do uh, how they were going to able to win this game, protect the football, come up with big plays, run the ball well, defensively get after the quarterback, shut down the running game as much as possible. You know, and they accomplished a lot of those things. What is the conversation like when you go on a streak, especially like I said before, when you have to have these wins and they got those wins, what is the conversation like in the locker room when you know you just punch your ticket to the playoffs? Well, you know, it's always different uh, depending on what players you have on the football team. Uh, in some cases, you know, the coaches take uh, full charge and, and uh, they get on their players uh, and explain to them exactly what they have to do uh, to win each and every week uh, and get ready for the ball game. And, and in other instances, especially when you have a veteran group of players, uh, you, you've got leaders on that team, whether it be the quarterback, a defensive player, or what have you. Somebody stands up in that uh, in that uh, room where they're uh, studying for uh, uh, the plays to uh, put out there on the field when they go out there. Um, you know, some of the times a lot of the players have a lot to do with, you know, how they approach the football game and get help get the team fired up. Right. And, you know, uh, Jim, it was funny. I was uh, on the Coors Light landing yesterday at Allegiant Stadium, just wrapped up the pregame, pregame show. And when you went on with JT and Eric Allen, I was standing next to some former uh, Raiderettes, and they said when Jim was on the field, and we were cheering, and it was late in the game. We always felt like we were going to win that game because Jim was going to find a way to get it done. What does it mean to just be able to find a way to get it done? You know, that's a special quality that, you know, a lot of players and coaches have. You know, uh, you know when their backs are to the wall, uh, you can depend on certain people to, to quote-unquote, get the job done. And, uh, you know, Derek Hart did a great job. I thought the defense played Extremely well. I know they gave up a few points, but when they had to stop them, they did. And it was, uh, it, it was, uh, you know, a lot of the credit goes to the obviously to the players and the coaches uh, out there uh, getting ready for each and every game. And you know, I'm very proud of the guys and the way they played. Absolutely, no, no doubt about it. I think all the Raider Nation is very proud of them right now. Again, we're talking with Jim Plunkett here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Demond's in the home studio. I had a question for you. Yeah, Jim, when you're playing against a, an opposing quarterback and you see that he's dealing the way Justin Herbert was, when you're on the opposing sideline, does that make you even more fired up or does that raise your competitiveness to match what the other quarterback is doing? Uh, well, you know, especially like a, uh, even in, in my day, uh, you know, when we played the Chargers, and particularly at Dan Fouts, you know they're going to score points. And so your mindset was just going uh, to respond to that that challenge. And uh, you knowing you're going to have to put points on the board to – 
to win the football game. Uh, we, we had some great battles, high-scoring games, the playoff game in particular back in 81. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, they put up uh, 37 points. We put up 37 points uh, uh, to win the game. And, and that's the, uh, you know, the outlook you have to take. You know when you have to, to score points. Uh, offensively, you got to get uh, into high gear, and you know you're gonna have to take chances, and but you're gonna have to put the ball down the field in order to outscore the other team. Well, they did it. They found a way to outscore the other team. Daniel Carlson comes through. Josh Jacobs came through. Derek Carr came through. I mean, the Raiders came through in the clutch when they needed it the most. The defense stepped up and played a major role, and uh, they punched their ticket to the playoffs. They get this thing started on Saturday against Cincinnati on the road. And, and Jim, before we let you go, uh, we're here at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Uh, we do our show here every Monday night, and uh, there was a, young, a, a man that just came up to me and knew I was talking to you and showed me a picture that he took with you yesterday uh, at, at the stadium. And so he was very fired up and just gave me the, the double thumbs up and, and wanted me to let you know that he appreciates you. Well, I, I, that's great to have fans uh, like that. And, uh, you know, I'm, a very, I'm very proud of that fact that, that people think that much of me. So uh, absolutely, that, young man. No doubt. No doubt. I will do. And, uh, and, Jim, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you as always. I know you'll be locked in on the game on Saturday, and we look to be talking to you on Monday about a Raiders victory and moving on to the next round. Hey, looking forward to it. Should be a great game. Absolutely. Thank you so much. There he goes, the two-time Super Bowl champ, Jim Plunkett, with us. He joins us after each and every game, and it's always good to uh, pick his brain a little bit for a few minutes just talking some ball. Uh, good stuff right there, and uh, that's funny, man. Every time, I think that's like the second or third time that that's happened this year where we have Jim on the phone and somebody comes up with a picture or texts in and it was like, hey, man, I just saw him or something like that. He is, he is a beloved member of the Silver and Black, and whenever he's around or on the phone line, he draws all the attention. I saw him at, at Coors Light Landing yesterday, and there was such a huge crowd around JT and Eric Allen and Jim Plunkett. Fred Belitnikoff started things off. I mean, you want to talk about a star-studded affair. You had Freddie Belitnikoff start things off. Jim Plunkett came up next. Marcel Reese came up. I saw Charles Woodson following the game. I mean, man, just alumni after alumni after alumni after alumni was rolled out. So I thought that was uh, pretty awesome. The Raiders do a really good job with keeping all their alumni involved with the team. 2.40 is the time when we come back. We'll hit your calls and the text. 69187, keyword R&R. That's the Salmon Ash text line. And also, the Radio Nation listener line, 702-365-9200. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. What does it mean to be a Raider? What to you, what does it mean to be a Raider? Man, being a Raider is not just being a football player. It's not about the just the jersey or just the just the helmet. It's about a lifestyle. It's about It's about loyalty. It's about doing whatever you have to do to help your brothers, to help your family. That's what it's all about. It's never putting yourself above the shield. That's what being a Raider is all about. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. You know, sometimes I'm just kind of random and I'll drop a nugget here or there. This is one of the nuggets that I found to be really interesting, and I cannot credit myself for this. I actually got a shout-out to my guy, Paul Gutierrez from uh, ESPN. Does a fantastic job. Been covering the Raiders for years. He put out a stat last night that I can't – I mean, I don't even have to read it anymore because it's just stuck in my brain. That blows my mind. The Raiders on their four-game winning streak won by a total of 12 points. All four games, total of 12 points. That is an NFL record. That had never been done. That's going back to the 29s. The Kansas City Cowboys did it, but they did 16 points. They were on a four-game winning streak, and they won by a total of 16 points. The Raiders won four games by a total of 12 points. 
That is the absolute 100% definition of finding a way to win a game. Shout out to Paul. That's why he's great at what he does, because he'll drop a nugget that I would have never thought about even looking for, but he dropped that one. That's something I cannot get out of my brain. Let's go out to the Rare Nation listener line. Autumn Wind, Aaron, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, Q? Chill hey, brother. Man. Yesterday was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I buddy. I was out there early, too. We were out there tailgating Lot J. Nice. Uh, it had that had that Oakland vibe. I don't know if you heard about it or not. But I was like, wow, are we back in Oakland? No. <laughs> but we're in Vegas, and this is home now. Right. And hopefully going forward, you know, we can get the rest of the lots jumping like that. We had the right. mariachis, you know, the, the grills were cooking. There was no space. Right. But, uh, you know, I remember earlier in the week, you said you had a feeling that we were going to win, and I had that feeling, too. You know, yeah. once it pulled up, I felt it, you know. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how, but they were going to win. And I think that game last night was our season in a nutshell. The ups and downs. I lost about 20 pounds. I had about four heart attacks. <laughs> I looked over my buddy when I tied the game. I was like, oh, no, here we go again, man. Right. They're going to watch. They're, they're going to score the two-point conversion, and the game's going to be over, and we're going to be sitting here. Right. But, no, that didn't happen, thank God. Thank God for my wife, too, because she would have she been – I would have stayed at a hotel somewhere. I wouldn't be able to come home. <laughs> oh, God. This was craziest game. But the game ball for me, it has to go to, to Max Crosby. That man played like a bat out of hell. He was getting Justin Herbert off his spot. His jersey was so dirty. I was so proud of our whole defensive line, you know, because it all depended on that, you know, because – yeah, if we didn't get as many stops as we do, and granted we didn't get that many, when it, we got to win a counter, though, you know, right? And that was the big thing. I, I I can't say enough about how proud I am of this team to be, uh, you know, born and raised in Vegas and having the Raiders have their first playoff uh, appearance here in the city now with those fans there. I don't know how big that is, you know, to help jumpstart this team, and you know, hopefully we can take this momentum that we've been having for the past four weeks into Cincinnati for our first real playoff game, you know? Right. It's crazy to think, but we, we've been hanging on a thread. And we're, we're dangerous right now, you know? We're right. that team. We're on a hot streak. I hope we keep it going, man. I want to hear your thoughts about it. Peace out. Hey, good call, my man. I do appreciate you. And, look, I'll say this. Uh, I'm glad you brought up the tailgating aspect because, again, I got to the game pretty early. Um, the, the, the wife was uh, coming with me to the game, and uh, she was going to hang out with Dr. Jen and, Dr. Andy, and they were going to tailgate in Lot J, and they did. And I remember they were just opening up the the parking uh, the parking ta- the the parking area uh, where the tailgate area is. They were just opening it in, and people were rolling in. So I started walking around, and you're right, I got that I got that that vibe. You know, I I, I got that today is a good day type feel. You know, I saw I heard all the music bumping. You know, I heard everyone jamming. I mean, it was. It was an absolute party, and I didn't even get to hang around for the tailgate. I had to get in to do the pregame, pregame show, but I know the fun she had. And, and again, I, I always go back because I know what it's it's. I know what it's like to be a Raider. I know what it's like to be a Raider fan. I know what it's like to be at the tailgates and just get you know all into the whole family type feel. I know all about that, but she's still learning it. Again, it's only her third Raider game she's been to, and the last one she went to was against Chicago. I don't have to go into details about that game. We all know how that shook out. So that game didn't have no energy, didn't have no vibe. Everyone left the game sleepy. Man, after I finally met up with her last night following the game on the way to the car, I said, well, how you feeling now? And, man, you want to talk about someone who was hyped. 
oh, man, that was so much fun, so much energy. The stadium was electric. It was, I mean, it was this, that, and the other. The crowd was so loud. Man, she was juiced. She had no problem getting, getting home super late and having to get up super early to go to work the next day and having no voice. She was excited, thrilled. I'm sure our daughter's not doing too well at school today, but that's okay. She's a senior. She's already earned it. <laughs> she's already earned it. Oh, by now she's off anyway, <laughs> so it don't matter. I'm just thinking about it. Wait a minute. She's probably home from school anyway. But, yeah, I mean, look, I know there may have been some consequences and repercussions to being out late last night, but it was worth it. It was that day. She had asked me, I'd have told her to stay home, but, that, you know, she didn't ask me. <laughs> probably a good thing, right? So, yeah, it was, it, was, it was good, man. And I think that it really means a lot to Las Vegas as well because Las Vegas is still trying to learn about the Raiders and try to learn what it is to be a part of Raider Nation and what it could be like. Because that was, just like Jim Plunkett said earlier in the show, that was a typical AFC West division rival game. I don't know how many times I sat in the Coliseum and seen the Chargers and Raiders exchange body blows. And there was plenty of times where the Raiders could have put them away and they just didn't do it. But how, how often does that happen? That's just a typical Raider game, right? It's never easy. Isn't that what we always say? It's never going to be easy. It can never just be one of those where you're like, yep, this one's in the bag. It's always one you're sitting on the edge of your seat. Your heart's pounding. You're sweating a little something, something. Like my man said, he lost like 10 pounds during the game. I get it. That's just how it is. But it's important for Las Vegas to see that and feel that so they know what they're getting involved in now. For anyone who hasn't been a lifelong Raider fan, I think that was super important to have that vibe. Got a text from Keith in Sonora Cali. Max Crosby was held about four to five times, not called one time. It was called once. It, it was called once. I remember, I remember it getting called a couple times, actually, because I tweeted about it immediately after. But it did, it did get called a couple times. Now, he's going to get held almost every play. There's holding on every play. So you're going to get those. But it did get called a couple times. I, I remember a couple specific, especially late in the game. One backed the, the Chargers up pretty deep, and they were still found a way to – go on a 19-play drive and finally find their way into the end zone. That drive seemed like it took forever. I thought that drive alone was about an hour long. It took them forever just to pass uh, midfield. But, yeah, it got called a couple times. One more text from uh, Mailman Raider Q. This dub means everything. I don't count 2016. I was 9-02. I could, be, I could barely remember last week, let alone 2002. This is what playoffs feel like. I love it. We got four in a row, but that means nothing if we don't get four more. If you ain't first – your last shout out to Ricky Bobby. That's real, and that's but that you know the thing is it's not about the next four. It's about the next one, and then it's about the next one, and then it's about the next one, and you know what I mean? Like that's the approach it's got to be because that's the approach it's been. Jason and Demi just showed up. What's happening? I bet you Jason didn't go to work today. <laughs> he was partying like a rock star. Shout out to you, my man. So yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's good times, man. I think Raider Nation is fired up and should be fired up, and this whole week is going to be epic. I like, I like how it's described as a movie. Let's get one more quick call in. 901 Raider, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Thank you, man. It was a pleasure meeting you yesterday. Yes, I sir. I really uh, Just getting back in Memphis, man, and I tell you, I, <laughs> I got on my flight out of Vegas this morning and then connected in Dallas, and I, it seemed like every other guy that got on the plane was like, man, congratulations. Congratulations. Y'all did it. Even the Steelers fans. A lot of Steelers fans. Yeah. But one thing, one thing I want to say is that, you know, our defensive line is really, we're going to only go as far as they take us. Okay. Because that's the, that's the strength of our organization right now, man. I know, no, our, the offense is trying to 
trying to find, still trying to find their way. I think Carr, you know, I, I like Carr. Don't get me wrong, I really like Carr, but Carr gets too. He he focuses in on his primary guy too often. If we can see that in the stands, you know the defense sees that. Man, we got to be able to look those safeties off some kind of way and get Edwards and 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 other than Renfro and Zay Jones and and uh, maybe Maroa Walla in. We got to use every weapon we got. Deshaun Jackson, you saw he was open a couple of times, man, wide open, and he didn't look that way. But I, I did notice in the last. Five minutes of reg- of regulation and overtime. Herbert did not want to throw the ball to Crosby's side. He would have had to turn and set his feet toward Crosby, which would take more time. And he didn't take that time. He didn't even look that direction, but maybe twice. And and uh, so that I mean, hats off to to our defensive line coaches because he got those guys playing, and the rest of the team we're gonna ride their back for this next victory. I told. I told uh, Demond I'll see him in uh, Nashville after we get through Cincinnati. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Let me ask you this before I let you go: Did uh, you and your daughter have a good time? Oh man, we had a blast, man. That was nice. we, you know we we she went to Oakland. This is our first Raider game, and yeah. some of the season ticket holders told us they have never heard Allegiant Stadium that loud all season. Right, I agree. And I, it's hard to imagine that you know because I did fly. I used to fly to Oakland a lot. Yeah, and wherever the Raiders, I'm gonna go. But uh, oh man, that was electric, man. That was very moving. I'm looking forward to next season. Nice, nice. Well, let's 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 see how they finish out this season. But thank you for the call, my man. And I'm so glad that you and your daughter had a good time. Uh, he goes to a game every year, one game with his daughter, and so she was there for the first time at Allegiant Stadium. And and those are the kind of memories that you've got to make, man. Those are the kind of memories that uh, she'll remember forever, you'll remember forever, and, and it's just and now, especially with that kind of a game as well, it just means that much more. And uh, I, I love reminiscing and thinking back when, you know, I was at games, especially in Oakland, and, and I was with my boys, and they were, you know, they were in the uh, Coliseum, and they were having a good time and cheering and chanting with the uh, Raider Nation. It's just something special. So, uh, 901 Raider, man, I definitely appreciate you, and I'm glad you guys had a good time. 257 is the time. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number two of the show. We'll be talking to Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, also to the Las Vegas Review-Journal. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920.